What is up, guys? Ace here from the Meaning of Podcast. Now, before we get into this episode of the Meaning of, I want to talk to you about Anchor. Now, Anchor is the easiest way to make your own podcast. So if you're like me in RB3, you know that you want to talk about movies. You can do that. If you want to talk about sports, whatever the topic may be to create your own podcast, Anchor is the best way to do that. The reason why is because of distribution. They are able to put you on all the platforms where you can find podcasts at, whether that be Spotify, iTunes, whatever that may be, they do that work for you. It also has great creation tools that allows you to record a podcast in a professional format. So what I recommend to you guys right now is go ahead and go over to anchor.app and download the Anchor app right now and you can be making your own podcast on anchor.fm. Yeah. And also one more thing before we go on this app. Um, I know people like money. Everybody likes making money. Anchor makes it easy to make money because they hook you up with monetization uh, with no minimum listenership. So if you are an aspiring podcast with no resources and you want to make some bread, sign up for Anchor, anchor anchor.fm or the Anchor app on the iTunes and Android store. What is up, guys? I am Ace. This is RV3. And this is the Meaning of Podcast, where we talk about your favorite movies and the deeper meaning within those films. RB3, we are back, and we're going to be doing an episode on the X-Men movies. Yeah. We're going to be getting into where the X-Men started, uh, kind of the stride that it hit as far as success, and also where it's headed now, RB3. And the reason why we're doing this is because Dark Phoenix, RB3, yeah. just came out on yeah. theaters over the weekend. It's been doing nothing but oh, that, that's that's called a big old flop. It's <laughs> it's called it's called bombing RB three yeah. because this was a two hundred million dollar budget, <laughs> and they think it made thirty three million opening weekend. Unfortunately, I don't 20- have my laptop on me, which Uh-oh. is going to be a theme in this episode because I, I probably t- might say that a lot. It had twenty two percent Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, that's whew, I think it was the lowest rated X Men movie on Rotten Tomatoes ever. Really. Yes. Wow. I saw and that's Jeremy, a little bit. I, I, I haven't seen the movie, I seen but I'm already going to say that's false. No. <laughs> Fake news. They said X-Men, There's no way this is X-Men the worst Origins. X-Men. They that's said what it says. Than, uh, yeah. The last time. They, um, Jeremy, I saw Jeremy Johns review. Jeremy Johns ripped it a new one, too. So. Yeah. Hey, um, I don't think it's. There's no way this is the worst X-Men movie. There's just no way. <laughs> I think people are just a pretty trigger happy to shit on any superhero movie. I, that's I, not a Marvel movie. I kind of. But Disney even though movie. it technically is now. Yeah. Like, did you see the red carpet i saw the red carpet and it's very much they were like oh no we bought fox we're marvel now like we're in we're in the mcu now. like that's kind of the vibe they had even though that wasn't true are they but are they the used the same gonna be there no yeah there was some cast members from other marvel stuff and there was a uh, they used the same hosts as far as the, the people oh, who wow. do the marvel red carpets kind of implying like this is a marvel movie yeah. Even though it's well, not, not really a Marvel yeah. movie. Yeah, Marvel's not going to claim it. I also Disney's think RB3, and, and you and I are very, you know, this is what we do on this podcast. <laughs> but I also feel like there's low-key a little shade from the critics uh, who are just low-key ready to hate this movie no matter yeah, what. I know, I know Did you get people, that vibe yeah, too? People, yeah. Especially on Twitter? Listen, I know, film Twitter, I, know, film Twitter. I know a very prominent, you know, friend of mine who is also a YouTube uh, movie influencer. And he has had a beef with Simon Kimberg for a long time. You know who I'm talking about, right? I do not. Please inform me and inform <laughs> the audience. Well, you know, you know, you know who I'm talking about. It's from the group chat, from the from the our boy. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. He's had, he's had beef with Simon Kimberg for a long time. So I know whatever. Oh, that's I, right. I don't know whatever, uh, whatever, however good or bad the movie was. I think he even put out like not a, not a bad review of it either. Um, but we do have to say before we continue. Uh, for all of our Collider listen or Collider 
Factory fans uh, who are listening to today's episode. Today is our last episode on the Collider Factory um, iTunes feed and uh, Spotify feed and Podcast One feed. We are no longer going to be on Collider Factory. I want to thank uh, Collider Factory so much for being uh, a host of our podcast. Thank you, uh, Christian Harloff, who brought us over here um, originally, and also Thad Williams and uh, Dennis Zen and um, Wendy for booking for booking the studios for us. Yeah, um, Fernandez, Fernandez, of course, Mark Fernandez. Yeah, um, always says hi to us. You know, when we're walking in. Um, so you know, big salute to those guys. Uh, you know, we have done. We're going on independent venture from this point forward. We're still going to be using the Collider space for a little bit. Um, we're not sure exactly how long. Um, but that, but in short, as we are moving off of the Collider factory. Uh, feed. We'll have our own podcast feed called The Meaning of Podcast. It's available on every single network, Spotify, iTunes, slash Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher. I listen to Stitcher a lot. Stitcher is one of my favorite personally. And, of course, Anchor. I will be hosted on Anchor from this point going forward, too. Um, all of these all of these different um, platforms will now be hosting The Meaning of Podcasts on its own individual feed. We have amazing new graphics from Brian Ward. Have you seen these new graphics? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, we it's have so them. good. They, they're, they're flipping along on screen right now. And, um, and yeah, and we are also going to be design, redesigning our YouTube channel in the coming yeah. future, in the coming, in the coming um, First cut. weeks as well, First Cut. So if you're a listener on Collider Factory, you can still find us on video on First Cut. You can find us on the audio at The Meaning of Podcasts on any, on any place that you have your podcast. Like I said, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, too. Apparently, I didn't even know Google Podcasts had a podcast feed, but they do. So we're, we're available on all of those. And, uh, yeah, please support The Meaning of. Hey. Yeah. That's you have what any, we do. Have any words, Ace? I mean, that's the, the best way to, to show us your love, to yeah. hashtag support the homies. Support the homies. I still want to get that going, even yeah. though it's probably not going to go. But also, follow me and Ace on Twitter if you're a Collider Factory fan. You know, we never say – we always make the mistake of not saying yeah, our Twitter handle because nobody it's reads the description. There's some great content on there. It's, yeah. There's <laughs> all the content, like Xbox. Yeah. So follow follow uh, Ace on Twitter. At Squad Leader Ace. Follow myself, at DirectorRB3. Uh, Twitter is where you can find our hot takes in the short, short form. Yeah. Short, short or just form. my feelings. Yeah, today yeah. I was feeling very, uh, and by today I mean the day before last week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know when this is going up, but yeah. uh, I was feeling very much inspired by uh, Into the, the Spider-Verse. Uh, my favorite character in Into the Spider-Verse, which is Doc Ock. Uh, I still think that's the coolest, one of the coolest designs I've ever seen in a, in a superhero movie. Yeah. Just the female Doc Ock with her hair up in a bun and her freaking crazy arms I, I just think it's so cool did you ever get the Spider-Man video game uh, yeah you, you saw did. it in my room but bro. did you finish it I did not yeah I was gonna say man <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077 yeah, what's up I know dude it's bad um, you know what's funny I actually played video games last night for the first time in a couple months whoa. I was talking to my brother about it because my brother's more of a gamer than I am yeah it, guess what games I played well <laughs> Battlefront 2 <laughs> and Call of Duty Black Ops wow, man, that's my go to man, man. that's on. literally like like I would go back and forth between playing those two. I get get on the Spider Man. I know a single I know. player, so it it's a little story. harder for me. Yeah. Even though I, c- 
killed it in COD, and it's been a minute since I played COD. I know you're not a COD guy, right? I'm not a COD guy, no. Yeah. yeah. I, I, was, I was like, yo. You I got like tre- 20 kills in a row, and I'm like, yo, I'm back. <laughs> you gotta, I'm back. You I used to be get, good. Yeah, get you a Twitch stream or something, man. I, I, I tried that. It's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, guys, let's get back on topic for X-Men. Uh, yeah, this movie, Dark Phoenix, didn't do well. In fact, it bombed pretty hard, RB3. This is It's not the worst <laughs> I've ever seen. Uh, it's not the worst in recent memory, but it's still it's still it's bad. It's really bad. Yeah. I feel I personally feel I got a lot of feelings about it. Par- partially because of what we were saying about the critics having some sort of just a little bit. I'm not saying it's a, it's over and it's a clear agenda, but it's a tiny little agenda. Yeah, I think a lot of it too had to do with the screenings in L.A. and AMC theaters where uh, everyone just kept talking about the fire alarm. What and happened I, with the fire alarm? Did you not hear about this? No. So the screenings, that the, the critics' screenings that happened in L.A. were the AMC Burbank 16 right, right mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently halfway through the screenings, and there was two screenings, mm-hmm. and, and they were showing it at different times. So one of them was like in the first act, and the other one was like literally 10 minutes away from the ending of the movie. A fire alarm went off. Mm-hmm. And, and apparently like the critics lost their mind. <laughs> They lost their shit. They were like, "How this is the most unprofessional thing, and this is stupid, and we wasted time." And and it, and it happened during the movie. And apparently, they couldn't turn it off. So oh, wow. a lot of the critics, I think half the critics, had to finish the movie what with the alarm going off. What? And I think if you go on Twitter and if you see the reactions of that, I really, really feel like that colored a little bit. It's not. Mm. It's like one of those things where you're like really hungry and you're watching a movie. I don't. Mm. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. And you're like, it, it doesn't ruin the experience completely, but it kind of does. You're like, okay, yeah. I want to go home and eat. Like, yeah. or I want to, you know, pick let's out. Let's finish this up. Yeah. Let's finish this up. Like, yeah. it does affect you emotionally watching a movie emotionally because that's what you're taking in so an alarm going off and pissed off critics i low-key feel like that has a, a little bit to do that's funny I didn't and, know and that. i know a lot of people I didn't a lot that. of critics were like oh it's not gonna affect my review whatsoever <laughs> and i'm like well, is it th- i don't know man i kind of think like it is even <laughs> if it's a little per- bit 23 that's says, the says lowest that's rated x-men movie come on I, I think, on. yeah, people are ready to jump down this movie still. Also, I, I feel I feel like this movie is dealt a bad hand. I, I heard this whole thing about how they refilmed the third act because did, Captain yeah. Marvel still their ending. Um, I, I feel like that's really sad. Didn't Alex see it too? Alex saw it early. Yeah, Alex saw it real early. Yeah. He saw it. He saw it last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like a year and a half but he ago. Said it, but he said it was just okay. Yeah. But then when I, he said that, when he gave us that review, I think you were there when, when, yeah. when we talked to him about it. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Because okay for some people might be pretty good to pretty me. Pretty good, yeah. 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 But I think, um, I think, I think it's, I think. What this goes to show is that what's worse than a bad superhero movie in today's age mm. is a mediocre superhero movie. Ooh. And I think that even though the DC movies are more divisive, I sure. think that they get a little more acclaim from people because mm. they do actually have something going for it. But but in the case of Dark Phoenix, they're dealt a bad hand because the bigger studio stole their ending. You know, the bigger yeah. studio literally brought their studio. But I can also make a counter-argument, <laughs> RB3, by saying just the entire idea of this movie, and I know this comes from Simon and partially from, you know, Days of Future Past and Apocalypse and all this kind of storyline that yeah. where the X-Men was More headed. Apocalypse, yeah. More Apocalypse, but, but I can make an argument, RB3, that this was kind of a bad idea. 
to, <laughs> to remake, do it again. Remake the Last Stand. Yeah, but like, that's what it is, isn't it? They're like well, the Last Stand. The Last really Stand. Do a story let's right. let's do it again. Literally the exact same story, except with different actors and set in a different time period. Yeah. They're doing the last thing. Well, like I, apparently it's the same formula. Well, I didn't see. I, you know, I haven't seen this one yet. Um, True, and I, I'm gonna see it. Yeah, so I will see it. I, I'll see it. And then yeah. I know the last stand. Um, you know, it was it. It took elements of the original story, but yeah. kind of just did it whatever with the whole thing. With it kind of combined multiple stories. True. And when I think if I think that movie would have been a lot more successful. By the way, it's kind of a tangent. I think X Men: The Last Stand would have been a lot more successful if you took away. The whole Dark Phoenix thing and focused on the storyline in that movie that was just about the the uh, the it's based on mutant the mutant cur- cure yeah the mutant cure yeah it was based on the comic book uh, God God Love Man Haste or something like that which yeah. is like a famous X Men comic book mm-hmm. and um, I think the movie would have been really really great if they just focused on that instead of making it this whole it's the hope cure thing. right it's I yeah. mean that's what it is in the comics I don't know if it's a, I think in so the last stand yeah because yeah. of the the doctor that makes it yeah and then the whole thing with the with the angel, you know, mm-hmm. in his room. I thought scene, they had some beautiful scenes in that movie, but I think they got too caught up in the action. It's Brett, Brett Radner, so we don't oh, even have to. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but um, but I, I, I think a significant, I think also a significant argument pro the side of Dark Phoenix. I'm just taking Dark Phoenix's side because I like the underdog, you know. That's why I'm rooting for the Raptors. Let's go right No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I. Um, By this I, time this podcast comes up. Yeah, no, it's it's coming out tomorrow. I know. So, yeah, I'm yeah, we'll be, yeah. The Warriors have won. Yeah, no, I didn't. In game six. <laughs> they didn't need an extra game. And that is, <laughs> they just they took it at 3 3. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the whole, the original Dark Phoenix uh, storyline kind of became the architect of how female superhero comic books origin stories are kind of written from that point forward. Mm. Um, the whole idea of Jean Grey having this mythical mentor and and professor x who has really um who has been deceiving her this entire time and then she is infused by a super powerful entity that uh, makes her break out of that uh mentorship that uh demented you know that evil mentorship mm-hmm. and kind of become her own but in this case it was a bad guy it was, it was kind of like the bad guy sentiment right so the but i i'm saying all that to say is that when you look at the story of Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel literally takes that exact same story beat point by point where oh, it's yeah. Karen Dab- Karen, um, um, Carol Danvers. Karen Danvers. Yeah, she yeah, she has she has the she has the mentor. The mentor's really been deceiving her this entire time. When she discovers how she's been deceived, she uses her super hero abilities and becomes, you know, powerful, you know, yeah. except it's a positive. And that's that's what the new Captain Marvel movie is going for. And that's what Dark Phoenix, the original Dark Phoenix story was about. And I think that's what they're going for. But she also this. murdered like millions of people in that comic. Yeah. I mean she's a bad it's a it's a bad it's a bad it's a, it's a bad guy story, but it became so popular that I mean the original story is written by Chris Claremont, who's considered like the definitive X Men writer to sure. some extent. And um that whole storyline kind of became what other female superhero stories mm. ended up becoming later on down the line. Um so, you know, to deny Dark Phoenix the the source material is placed in history, you know, it's a little upsetting based yeah. on the fact that they had two ter- terrible adaptations, you know? It's a storyline yeah. that was so impactful to comic books that they tried it twice and it still doesn't work. I, so. I almost feel like trying it again the second time is like, it's just such a bad move. And I know I can claim to be, you know, it, it's easier said than done, right? To be mm-hmm. Fox and to be thinking about what now to do with this new X-Men. Because I feel like Days of Future Past is really where they were like, 
as the peak. That was yeah, but they were trying to figure out like, okay, now we have this story that people liked. What do we go from here? And then they thought of Apocalypse, and you know, uh, the ending of Apocalypse showed mm-hmm. Phoenix, right? It mm-hmm. showed Jean Grey going full Phoenix, basically. Yeah. Um, and that that idea that she had the power within herself the whole time to be more powerful than someone like Apocalypse. I, I, I don't know if it was the correct move to do that, even in an apocalypse. But then again, that's a, a whole different argument because I feel like they're the ones who are f- currently telling themselves that, right? Because mm. I don't think when, when you bomb this hard, man, it's just like <laughs> they're like, peace, man. We, we good. We're, yeah. we, we, we lost like $150 million, but it's whatever. Yeah, I mean, there's there's the rumors that Dark Phoenix and New Mutants were actually supposed to be the, the kickstart of the Disney streaming service. Uh, <laughs> and then apparently Disney saw the films and didn't like them. Uh, that's a rumor. I don't know if that's true or not. Don't don't take my word for it. But yeah. I think that's fascinating. Uh, but I mean, listen, one bad movie doesn't take away it does a generation. And of, let's let's of do it. Cinema. It's it's an interesting topic, right? Because the idea of the X Men movies, when you think about it, there's a lot of ups and downs. RB three. I, I kept thinking about it. Like if someone says, like the MCU, for example, there is still a lot of ups and downs, but not quite as much as the X Men. Someone says the X Men franchise. What are your general thoughts on it? And I would be like, well, there's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad. Like I was talking to my brother about it. And it's like there, there's a lot of stuff that I love and there's a lot of stuff that I don't even remember. And there's a lot of stuff that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of within it as a nutshell. Let's start there, RB3, because um, as a whole, how do you look at the franchise if someone said to you the X-Men movie franchise? Like yeah. how do you take that? Because there's there's Deadpool and there's Logan and there's the first X-Men and there's Days of Future Past and – all these different types of movies and characters that it's almost hard to be like, it's good, it's bad, right? Well, is it a franchise or is it just a loosely strong <laughs> collection it's of movies? It's technically a franchise. I don't You're think right, it is anything. a loosely strong collection of movies. <laughs> but at the same it's time... It's almost like movie to movie, they, they do, do down. <laughs> but they double down on the franchise thing. They yeah. really like... They were like, no, we're a franchise. Days of Future Past. Like, that's especially Days of Future Past. Like, they were like, no, 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 no. This all happened. Yeah. In a weird alternate universe kind of way, but it still happened. Yeah. So what, what do you but think Logan, of X Men franchise Logan as a takes whole? place completely outside of uh, kind of yeah it does. So is Deadpool. Yeah. And almost to some extent, I think uh, Days of Future Past takes place in the whole. You you said it yourself. It's kind of like an alternate. So I don't know. I don't. I don't really. And plus, is I feel like this is this is one of the unique franchises that actually rebooted itself mm. and then went back to the original cast for <laughs> kind of. But the whole the whole I, the whole idea behind Days of Future Past was that in 2012, the Avengers came out. Marvel's The Avengers came out, and Fox was looking for a their version of that. Um, so they decided to take the old X Men cast, new X Men cast, put them together in a movie, and boom, it was set like that. Um, I don't. But in terms of the whole franchise as a whole, I don't really think um, I just have a hard time seeing this as a, as a, as a franchise. Is more of, to me is really I can only really think of it as a collection. I think of it as a Wolverine trilogy. Uh, I, before before X Men uh, Dark Phoenix, I thought of uh, First Class Days of Future Past and Apocalypse as their own trilogy. I think it's Deadpool as his own franchise. I think of the original. You know, guys. Uh, you know, pa- Patrick Stewart and Ian. Ian the, the, the first three. The first three. I consider that its own trilogy. So to me, they 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 all kind of have definitive like start, beginning, middles, and ends. Like sure. even within their own micro franchise kind of level. You know, um, I think that. I mean, I don't. Besides the apocalypse, besides X Men Apocalypse, I think X Men Apocalypse really has like a definitive ending. But I think the original X Men trilogy has an ending. I think 
you know, when we're talking about X-Men Origins Wolverine, then the Wolverine and Logan, that's really a trilogy if you really think about it in terms of like the story arc. Uh, you see, you know, I think the, I, I, and I think Deadpool in and of itself, I mean, it's still the developing thing, but that's its own, it has its own identity and it kind of exists outside of the other movies too. Okay. Um, so to, to each his own, I don't really have a particular, uh, you know, I, I don't really have a particular like love or hatred of, of any of these movies. I, or not not lo- I do love some of the movies. I love Logan. I love Days yeah. of Future Past. Um but I don't I don't I don't hate any of these movies like largely enough to like be passionate about sure. contrasting this franchise. Well let's kinda get into the, the origin of these of these you know, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> X Men two thousand. Uh, and I kinda yeah. wanna bring this back on, on a different scale because People always say, what was the first superhero movie that kind of kickstarted this new phase and new, basically new genre that we see now? Mm-hmm. And, and there's arguments to be made on both sides as far as whether was it Blade, for example, because it was the first in 98 as far as, you know, taking a source material and kind of adapting it in a, in a more serious kind of way. Or was it something like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, which followed up and made the superhero uh, formula, basically? I think that created the formula. But I can make an argument, RB3, by saying 2000 X-Men, Brian Singer, uh, is the one that kind of took their source material and they said, what is this comic series about? It's about discrimination. It's about unfair situations in society. And it's about discovering your powers, right? Mm -hmm. And they took that very, very seriously, literally by starting off with that first scene and the entire X-Men franchise in a Nazi internment camp. Like mm-hmm. that's, you know, you're going hard when you start out with that. That's your first scene. You're, you're establishing the tone of the rest of the franchise. Right. And 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 he Singer chose to go with that because he was like, no, 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 no. We're taking this seriously. This ain't mm-hmm. your goofy, you know, ridiculous Schumacher Batman. This is X-Men you know, Magneto has, has been persecuted. He loses his parents in internment camp. Racism, discrimination, political elements. The next scene, RB3, is literally uh, Jean Grey making, a, I think it's a Congress or the Senate, mm. d- discussing about the Mutant Registration Act. Yeah. This whole thing is about politics. The, the, the entire idea of it is about political identity and, and, and discrimination. And it starts from the original comics yeah, because that's that's what they intended. That's what Stan Lee and Jack Kirby wanted. They wanted to have that because it's in the 60s. I think they, they created yeah, they, it in they, the 60s. Yeah, they... they uh, 1963. The, yeah, the, the idea, the idea, quote-unquote idea, I don't I don't know how true it is, but the idea is that, you know, Professor X is supposed to represent like the... That's uh, right. Like the, Mount, the Martin Luther King, the peaceful protest, the nonviolent stance um, side of... of Mutants and uh, Magneto is supposed to represent the Malcolm X view, which is more extremist, more violent. Uh, you know, to, to each his own. I, Malcolm X didn't really like represent that towards the end of his life. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a little bit of a mischaracterization. Um, but uh, I, I do think that uh, that kind of established the template that we see in, in a lot of later um, in both the X Men franchise in and of itself, but um, also in other kind of big group movies uh, mm. either where you're talking about Captain America Civil War for example if you're talking about uh, you know most notably I think Black Panther is a recent example too that kind of had the two flip sides of the ideology um, but I think that you know but 
it's the original the original comics it, while creating the sixties. Sixties were a very divisive time in American mm-hmm. history as well, if, from the Vietnam War to like we said, civil rights. Um, and I think that you know, as much as this movie represents, it's supposed, or as much as the, the original comics are supposed to represent the uh, struggle between Martin Luther King and Malcolm X in terms of ideology resulting in peace for marginalized groups. I think that uh, it, it was even more of a metaphor for like. Uh, the, the mutants are uh, kind of the Jewish struggle, right? The the, mm. the, the struggle of being discriminated against and being um, prosecuted against for no reason, not even, whereas racism, you're being discriminated against because of your race. Um, you know, Jew, uh, Jewish people were discriminated against because of their religion. It's not even what they look like on the outside. They're being discriminated against for what's on the inside. And the X-Men is kind of like that. The X-Men, even though some some of the some of the X-Men mutants have, you know, like external powers, like you know, Nightcrawler, and they kind of look different. A lot of X Men don't look different, and they just have powers within themselves that make them different. So they become um, discriminated against too. So it, you know, it, this movie kind of represent. I'm sorry, not the movie. The the original comic books kind of represent a lot of that. And I think, you know, Brian Singer, you know, you know, it's, I don't want to, you know, give this guy any praise or anything, but uh, I think his 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 kind of interpretation of that was. At this time, in the 2000s, were kind of uh, representing um, homosexuality um, as as kind of a template for that too. That's why we see, you know, of course, the Jewish thing is is very clear and apparent in the first scene. But I think throughout the throughout the franchise, we see a lot of characters who, um, I mean, there's the famous like coming out scene that's in X2 mm-hmm. with um, with Bobby Drake. with Bobby, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think that's what I think that's what the franchise kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's interesting as well. because you're viewing it from a very you're saying the, the comics come from a very Jewish perspective, but I can argue RB three that that inspiration is directly from the civil rights movement. That is what initially they wanted, and that's the yeah. message that they were branding as. Yeah, I mean, it might um, be an influence. I, I personally, I, I just think I just, it's a general. Yeah, uh, to make it more general, if I can say racism, it's also discrimination. discrimination yeah, discrimination. Is, yeah, is a discrimination. Huge part of it. Yeah, I just I personally. I've I've always viewed the ex the the Malcolm X and Martin Luther King argument as kind of like far stretched because you I, don't I, really see any black characters in the movies or nor you see any kind of black representation in um, the movies or the comic books uh, besides Storm. So I for me it's like I don't I don't really know if that's what they're really going for. To me, I've always thought the Jewish thing because you know sure. I'm Jack Jack Kirby if I'm not mistaken was uh, was Jewish. So yeah, but I, I mean, but to, I mean to I think I think you're right. It was definitely influenced by. Well, by, well by if you that. think about it, during this this period, it, it wasn't just the, the civil rights movement was the biggest, but there was a w- women's rights movement. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, anti-war stuff that was coming out. Like, there was mm-hmm. a big movement towards change, towards right. progress, towards, you know, what about the little guy? What about the minority? What about the outcasts in the in society? I think that's the theme that was around that time period in general. Right. So I feel like that whole idea as a whole was kind of rebranded into the X-Men, and they kind of dabbled into each one of them when it comes to the actual comics because there is comic runs that talk about uh, mutants that look different versus mm-hmm. mutants that don't look mm-hmm. different because that's got to be, a, you know, what if I'm a mutant and I, you know, got a weird thing coming out of my face or I'm blue or whatever that case may be, I, I look weird versus mm-hmm. a guy who can move stuff with his mind and he still looks the same. Like there's two different elements to it, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and they can that's both, a lot. And yeah. they can both be discriminated against but one of them in a different angle than the other one. 
mm-hmm. because that's part of being mutants too. And a lot of that is from the X Men animated show that I've you know grew up on. Yeah, as a lot of people did because right. they do talk about that quite a bit. They talk about the what about the mutants that look like you know monsters basically mm-hmm. uh, because there's a ton of them that look like monsters. Yeah, um, and it's it's this idea of uh, discrimination, and it's also the idea RB three and I, and I think the movies do a pretty good job as far as portraying this. The idea of how politicians use this as as a way as to fear monger. Yeah. yeah, they do yeah. a great job like showing like if this really happened, uh, you know, politicians would be all over this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that scene that I talked to you about with Jean, uh, Jean Grey in the first X-Men movie is, is interesting because then you have Senator Kelly who comes out mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. says, do I want to have my children with sc- that goes to school with the mutants or being taught by the mutants? Like, you know, we should know that these people exist and I don't want to be associated with them or I don't want to stand next to them. Like it, it's a very political driven discrimination. Right. It's not just I don't like you because you're different. It's I don't like you and I'm going to make policy laws right. that openly discriminate you right. and put you in a different, you know, group mm-hmm. because you're not human. You're mute. Well, I think uh, and, you know, I mentioned this storyline before. I, the, the actual storyline I was mentioning before as the influence for like X3 and X2 was actually uh, God Love, Man Kills. And that's the storyline that directly is about a politician, William Stryker, who was trying to weaponize that's the right. X-Men. Stryker, Kelly, like yeah. these are all characters in, in the movies that they mm-hmm. are prominent characters in the comics. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, I mean, I think if, for me personally, I think if the Marvel Universe wanted to adapt these stories, I think the best way of going about it is through that angle. 100%. Uh, because I think that that is it's something that's been like lightly tapped on in, in, the, in the movies. But I think if you have a whole story kind of revolved around around that those elements i think it would be really relevant and uh and everything today so yeah i mean think about how relevant that would be to nowadays considering you know what we're seeing now but but it is it's it's one of those things where some of the biggest villains in the x-men franchise are just humans just regular dudes who are uh-huh. just use their influence and use their power to persecute the mutants and yeah. that's like you said striker kelly um Homie from uh, I I love he's one of my favorite probably my favorite X Men villain besides Magneto, um, is Homie from Logan. Oh uh, yeah 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 I know you're talking about I forget his name Donald or Ronald. Yeah, uh, Donald like Donald something. He is just I loved his performance because I could I could feel his his hate Donald Pierce Donald Pierce, uh, played by I forget his name. But Boyd Holbrook. Boyd Holbrook, who just kills it in that role. And he really becomes one of my favorite characters because I immediately got what he was. Mm-hmm. I, I, To me, personally watching Logan, and I've had a lot of debate and discussion about this movie because a lot of people get upset at me when I have my hot takes on it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's a hot take. I think it's just reality. Mm-hmm. Is his portrayal, his his reasoning, I immediately, it clicked in me, RB3. I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. when I saw that guy, I was like, oh, yeah. I've met those dudes, mm-hmm. just plain racist dudes who are just like, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't want these people or get out of here or I'm going to use my power to, to persecute you. And I immediately, like, that's what Boyd Holbrook, you know, showed in the movie. And I was like, yeah, 100%. I yeah. totally know who that is. By the way, this is completely off topic, but um, you remember the, the Oscar winner short film that won last year, the movie Skins? Have you, have you, oh, yeah. I haven't seen the it. The one that none of us, neither of us predicted. In yeah. I actually saw that movie. You know what this movie's about is? Do you want to you take a guess what this movie's about? It's about it's, racism? It's about, a, it's about a white supremacist. I yeah. shit you not. A white supremacist gets into an argument with a black dude at a grocery store. And what's about a white supremacist and his son? 
And then, like, they're just, like, it just shows them having, like, a happy life, you know, whatever, uh, fishing. And then they go to the store, and then they see a black dude, and they start harassing him. And a bunch of, like, white supremacists beat this black dude up, right? So then, literally, the next day, uh, the black, I guess, uh, the black dude, uh, he got, got or the black dude or his son, I'm not really sure how, um, they don't really explain it, but they got a bunch of gang members to kidnap the white supremacists and tattoo his entire skin black. So then, when his son, his son, come, bro, his son comes home, and no, he, no, no, they, they, they let the, they let the, they let the white supremacists like kind of out in the streets, like in front of his house, and then the, the, the dude's walking home, and his son literally shoots his own dad, like who's tattooed like all black, like it is, it's, it's like ridiculously like funny, you know? Is this a funny movie? <laughs> no, it's not funny. It's supposed to be like a serious drama, but like it was just too. That, it's too that's, much. Yeah, that's that's like too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that was that was that. I don't. I, that movie just didn't really have any. You know, to me, it's like wow, they didn't have any subtlety with that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it also kind of humanized the white supremacist dude. I was like, all right, all right, I had enough. I, I feel like they yeah. do that in a lot of movies, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make you feel bad because yeah. you got shot. I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, um, but yeah, but the Donald Pierce character. I mean, you made this analogy when we first talked about Logan in our 2017. 10 Best Picture nominees, but you had talked about how Lo- how Donald Pierce is kind of like the uh, like the, the the Border Patrol people. How how and and when Logan is a giant metaphor for like the immigration and like is, getting yeah. people across the border. I mean, quite literally, they're going to Mexico, right? And like, that's literally the third act of the movie. Yeah, what, yeah. What are, what are they trying to do if not cross the damn border? Yeah, what, is it into Canada, right? Yeah, Canada. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. literally the whole point of the movie, and it, and it's it, it's it's. I, I love that. You know why RB3? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's it's a very obvious reason why I love that. Because like you said, in the first movies, you really feel like, oh, yeah, I know what they're doing. They're doing a very uh, a, a, a commentary on the idea of uh, discrimination for the LGBT community. Yeah. This is what they're doing. And then on, on other movies, they do different elements, whether it's the first class movies where they're doing a much more Nazi theme. Yeah, thing. that's 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 Nazi. Um, and that's that was more directly race related. I mean, that one directly, directly addresses. Exactly. Race. And, yeah. and whereas like Logan, I feel like they directly were like, what is happening right now at the border? Yeah. The the, the amount of discrimination, because that's what it is. Mm. The amount of bigotry and in, in the the elements that are being added to persecute and harm and even kill Immigrants, mm-hmm. based on ideas of what is right and what is wrong, is just evil. It's pure evil, and that's yeah. kind of the, the the analogy that they were pulling as far as tapping into, like I said, the LGBT, then the race elements, and then in the, in the final X Men movie, basically, because I don't know if this one really did anything. Right. Um, that's the theme they wanted to go with, and I was like, that's mm-hmm. that's awesome because that's so true that people forget like what's happening right now at the border. Is it evil? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's straight up evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, that's what's great about the X Men franchise is that they're able to tackle all these different elements that Stan Lee and Jack Kirby initially put into their own. Like I said in the '60s, women's rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, oh, by the uh, way, in terms of women's rights, I yeah. mean I already kind of mentioned how influential the Phoenix storyline is, but also Jean, uh, uh, or Jean Grey and Phoenix storyline is to women superheroes. This is one of the first archetypes for um, a strong female superhero. Um, but also Rogue is another example of of one of the strongest. Not in the movies, but in the comic books, she was one of the first uh, major X-Men characters to kind of get a revamp and a revitalization and an update into um, into being a more powerful force. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's it's great. I mean, we can we can talk about each. Ca- I mean, Storm is is an icon. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mystique is is really one. I'm talking about comics. I'm talking about X-Men as a whole. Yeah. Um, these are you know Emma fe- Frost. Emma Frost. These are female characters that everyone knows. Technically, Scarlet um, Witch. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. Even though not not really anymore right now, as far as a common person yeah, doesn't really know. Yeah, common person doesn't know that. Yeah. Um, but either way, what's great about these movies, and what I argue, and, and I've did I've did a movie fights about it too, is that these movies were the first ones to be like, no, we're taking this seriously. Yeah. No, I mean seriously. Like that's yeah. the idea that they had. Whereas, like, there's not really jokes or quips in the first X Men movie, or yeah. even X Two. Like, there's maybe one or two. Yeah. But there's not like there's quippiness, and this. Whereas Sam Raimi is a little bit more like that. So it's, it's a more formulaic something that we see in the MCU now, which is joke based with drama, 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 joke, drama, 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 joke. This one's just pure drama. Yeah. Well, I, and I think you know when you when you talk about the first. Uh, kind of break out for the superhero movies um, we can, we can only look no further than the king of the superhero movies right now Kevin Feige you know head of Marvel Studios he in his own words has said that the first X-Men movie is uh, the, the 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 beginning of the superhero era mm. so yeah. didn't he work on that? Yeah, I think he I, yeah, think, I think he, he was an assistant on the first one assistant I think he was an assistant to the producer on the first one and he I think I think the I think literally the first X Men movie was the first movie I ever worked on coming out Got of school. It. If I, I'm not I, mistaken, I heard a rumor, and I don't know if this is true or not. I, it might be perfectly true. Mm. Um, so please take this with a grain of salt. Is that he came up with the idea for for Wolverine's haircut? Oh really? Kevin Feige <laughs> did to make it like a spike thing to almost not mimic. Really. Because you know how his hair is like mm-hmm. this, and it looks like the the mask that he wears in the, in the comics and mm-hmm. in the animated show. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that was Kevin Feige's idea. I don't know. That's just the rumor uh, that right. I heard. I didn't um, know that. That's interesting. But it's very because it stands out, right? Mm-hmm. At least when mm-hmm. I was a kid, I remember you know looking at that haircut and being like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. that's badass." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the first three as a whole. If I'm being honest, you know the the third act and the first one is basically Magneto trying to turn people into mutants and using Rogue and abusing mm-hmm. his power, mm-hmm. um, and and kind of standing up against uh, the bigotry that's coming out of the, you know, out of Washington, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one is more striker and, and, and you know, the, the amount of hate that he has towards mutants and more Wolverine-centered than anything else. All, all three of them are very Wolverine-centered. Yeah. But what do you think stands out the most out of these three movies, specifically two movies? Because I don't think The Last Stand hits. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, X2, X2 is definitely the one that people remember X2 the is most. one of my favorites. Uh, I think that one we'll, definitely. We'll rank them at the end, but X2 is up there for me. Oh, we're ranking them? All right, oh, yeah. yeah. I'll start, I'll start yeah, thinking of it right now. I um, mean, not all of them. Yeah, I, I was going to say. Just, like, I'm going to throw away 13, some. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really like X2. I think X2 is a really good movie. I think that one, more than anything, it starts off with the powerful sequence of Nightcrawler um, rushing through the, the White House. Um, that's one of the best, best Opening sequences, opening sequences yeah, in any movie, yeah. Um, and I think, I think, I think it resonates even more because knowing, uh, knowing how, knowing how present the the, the X Men, how relevant the X Men, kind of, not the, I'm sorry, knowing how relevant the X Men kind of uh, metaphor was at that time, especially for uh, discrimination. I mean, the, you know, in terms of, I, I bring up the the LGBTQ representation because 2004 uh, was. It was kind of a heat up was kind of like the middle not the middle year but it was kind of the start of the movement towards more acceptance uh, up until what well, i think it was like 08 or 09 where uh the supreme court ruled it um ruled it you know lawful to have you know for gay marriage if i'm not mistaken mm, um no let me, let me check let me check i think that's check. like more recent it's like 2015 no i wasn't 20. i know it wasn't 2015 but let me see uh but anyway the early 2000s was definitely a big turning point for for that movement though that's mm. what i'm saying and then i think brian singer wanted to represent that uh through having a more abrasive approach to 
literally storming the White House and making it a present thing to politicians. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I think I think that's I think that's a big part of the franchise. I think that um, I think having the Striker character uh, in 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 X two um, and the origins, you know, it kind of established the beginnings of of Wolverine and the was it the X was that was the program Lady, Lady District? Yeah, Lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. X twenty three. Uh, is that was no, that's no, not X twenty three. X twenty three. Lady Lady Deathstrike. Okay, but she has the she has the little knives and the fingers. Claws. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, every everything about it was just. Yeah, I mean the just, first it, one, you know, the first one's really good, and, and I and I do enjoy the first one, but the second you're one right, just. By the way, well, you're right. It's twenty fifteen. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Yeah, uh, I knew I was right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just don't have a laptop. To yeah, prove nah, I'm, I'm right. just, nah, I'm just, I'm just bad um, with math. So, so I, I really do enjoy the first one, and, and there's stuff in there that I remember. But the thing that I remember the most, RB three, is what you're saying. X two striker is is very memorable. I think it's Brian Cox, right? Yeah, Brian Cox. Uh, who you can see in Succession, great show. Oh yeah, uh, great great show. And it, but it really has that two elements of Wolverine, the two sides of Wolverine, w- with Lady Deathstrike and you know Logan on his own. But I love the character of Nightcrawler, and 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 it's also this, and it comes straight from the comics. So mm-hmm. this is stuff that he's he's pulling from the comics, which works. Yeah. I always feel like go back to the source material because the source material is really good. That's mm-hmm. all you have to do. Um, but the idea of a, of a, of a character, of a, of a person, a mutant, mm. that looks like a demon mm. and loves God more than anyone else. Just that idea to me is just absolutely like amazing that, that people who love God and cling to love God hate him. Even though he's like, no, 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 I'm on God. I'm, I, I'm super like, I love Jesus. Like, this is my life. This is what I do. But he looks like he looks evil. And just because of how he looks, they, they discriminate him even though he... They're they're using God as a way to discriminate against someone who loves God even more than they do. Like that to, that idea to me is just perfect because I yeah. was like, yeah, that's such a good point. And I've brought this up to you, RB3, of the idea that so many Christians that live in, in America are discriminated against all these immigrants. And I'm telling you, bro, like I grew up like these are all people who love God more than anything else. And that's why they're they're crossing this this border to, to find a better life for their family because they believe that God has a better life for them over here. And and it's this idea of like, well, you suck and God told me you suck. And it's like, God, why are you saying God? Like, I believe in God more than you do, as much as you do. Like, why are you using that to persecute me? <gasps> and that's kind of the idea of Nightcrawler. And I love how they bring in that element where the first time we see him, he's in a church and he's a very mm-hmm. passive guy. He's a pacifist. He doesn't fight. He's not evil, but he looks like a you know, creepy monster dude. Yeah. So yeah, I don't yeah, know if you, what your thoughts on that is. No, no, I think that's that's definitely what they're going for, and I think uh, you know more, you know, I, that that's derived directly from the comic books as well. Yeah. I mean, that just goes to show another um, element of discrimination that um, these the stories are kind of kind of kind of trying to hint at. So um, I think that you know, and I think even in the first one, um, not not to the same extent, but you kind of see. You kind of see the the whole dichotomy between um, not necessarily religion, but belief and, and mm. people believing in and Charles Xavier, right? And people, you have to Wolverine has to be convinced to believe in a guy who um, is going to help, who's trying to unite mutants, and a guy who's trying to you know take them all into his school of like uh, of the gifted and everything like that. Um, so it you know it's 
you know, the whole idea of endowing trust into something that you can't, that you're not necessarily sure if you want to trust mm. because of how many people have kind of stabbed you in the back and discriminated against you throughout your life. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it resonated with, uh, I think it really resonated with audiences and with people um, of that time. Yeah. I think, I think especially in, in uh, the 2000s and the first, you know, first X-Men movie came out in 2000. I think that movie had, uh, you know, we had seen superhero movies, but we never see, saw a superhero team movie um, up, into, up until that point. Um, so this was kind of the first time you kind of had to establish multiple characters and multiple struggles and kind of tie those all together. Now, do I think the first X-Men movie is perfect? Absolutely not. <laughs> I think the ending, the ending on the... Yeah, on it the, okay. Yeah, it, it didn't really... And they had this, you know, I, I don't like that Halle Berry kept going in and out of her accent during that movie. That was a little weird. Uh, and then this subsequent movie, she doesn't even try it at all. <laughs> Which I think somebody really, really has to address that in Hollywood. Cause, I think it's Halle, bro. Uh, Halle Berry's... You're going to tell Halle Berry, bro? Nah, no, no, I'm not no, Halle no. Berry. But even uh, Scarlet Witch, she had an accent in Age of Ultron oh, yeah. and subsequent movies. Not, they threw me off. Yeah. That threw me off. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously there, there's... I feel like this one is the one that stands out the most. And obviously we can go on and on about The Last Stand and the debacle of The Last Stand. Yeah. But you're right. I, I, I feel like the character of Charles Xavier say what you will about these movies and say what you will about the characters in the comics because they are a little bit different than what we see as far as Eric uh, played by Ian uh, not Ian McShane um, homie Magneto oh, oh uh, Ian McKellen Ian McKellen I'm mm-hmm. sorry and Patrick Stewart playing um, Professor X it's the idea of these two different ideologies and these two different old veteran wise men right yeah. because that's the, what they portray in these movies mm-hmm. coming from two different ideologies and mm-hmm. um the idea of Charles Xavier, who in the comics is a much more complex character. He's a, he's a good-natured, loving guy, but he's much more complex. He does, and he has used his abilities to manipulate people and yeah. literally control them. Um, he's done that in the comics, and he openly admits it in the movie. In the first movie, he admits it, mm-hmm. where I just found that to be so funny, mm-hmm. uh, where Logan is like, uh, he's like, man, how'd you, do, how'd you get out this? And he's like, I just told people to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, damn, bro, that's messed up. <laughs> right. And you can just erase your memories. They never remember that they did what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's the idea of, of both people using PR and using uh, some sort of form of manipulation in, in a subtle way. Charles does it for what he thinks is good and Magneto does it for what he thinks is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that two different ideologies of like recruitment, I guess, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word. He, the re- people he recruits and the school for the gifted and the people Magneto recruits for the Brotherhood, mm-hmm. which I don't think they call it the Brotherhood in this movie, but that's mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I think it's a dope name too, um, the Brotherhood of Mutants. Um, but but and it comes from the comics too. I I just love that that dynamic and the Brotherhood. I I mean I I didn't know that was called. The Brotherhood oh, you didn't know in that the, in the comics, but yeah, that could be a reference to the uh, to the uh, to the Brothers of Islam. You know, to mm. the uh, I believe if I'm not mistaken, let me let me. Like fact check one more thing before I say anything stupid, uh, because the nation of Islam are very powerful. People. <laughs> um, but, and they're tuning into the meeting over right yeah. now. The entire nation. Uh, no, but, I I just I really like that the two portrayals that are very different because a, a lot of people have argued about Magneto, who is my favorite Marvel villain. This is all of Marvel. He is my favorite villain because of his complexity and because of his reasoning for what he does and because of his power set i think he's incredible and also because he's a genius Mm -hmm. um, and he's able to strategize better than anyone else in basically all of marvel he's just that good 
Um, but I, and it's different than he is in the comics. In the comics, he's much more. Uh, he's not a wise old man, I guess. He's uh-huh. he's a he's a he's a veteran, but not that quite right. uh, of a veteran. But th- this idea of these two different ideologies battling it. But either way, the portrayals of Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are two things that people remember the most of these movies. Every three. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, but I think you know the new cast put their own spin on it. When, yeah. Before when we get, we get to, to them, the... let's let's dive into the what, what you said the the Wolverine franchise, the Wolverine oh, okay. trio. Really, yeah. Because. If you really think about it, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine is the star of these movies if you had to name mm-hmm. a protagonist as far as the first three movies. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, let's keep going with that and put mm-hmm. Hugh in, in other X-Men movies and put him in his own movies. And the idea mm-hmm. of an X-Men Origins is kind of a good idea if you think about a character who's kind of immortal mm-hmm. and who fought in all these wars and who, you know, you know, was able to do different things throughout his enormous lifetime. He's not technically immortal, but, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, 100 years old, 100-something years old. What happened? How did he get his powers? Where did he come from? Who was his family? What is the origin of Wolverine? And the idea of X-Men Origins Wolverine is kind of kind of cool. Mm-hmm. The What we got was unfortunately not not quite good, RB3, yeah. X-Men Origins. I kind of knew when Will I Am showed up. <laughs> I was like, I don't know about this movie, man. Um, no. Yeah, no, I, 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 well, yeah. I am. I forgot he's in this movie. I forget the character he plays, but he's a teleporter. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I forget the character. Damn. I forget. He's wearing a cowboy hat too. He's wearing a cowboy hat. Yeah. I thought that was fun. Uh, and this gave first, us Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. First Deadpool portrayal, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's playing the exact same Deadpool. Yeah. Like, he didn't change his, his uh, portrayal at all. Yeah, yeah. It's the exact same Deadpool. <laughs> no, for real. Uh, except for the, the mouth isn't taped. No, but though, I'm saying but, in yeah. the first scene, yeah, that's yeah, Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, like, yeah. talking shit, and he's doing his sword thing. Like, mm-hmm. that's literally, like, the same quips he uses in, in that scene is, like, mm-hmm. the same thing we got mm-hmm. in the Deadpool movie. If I'm not mistaken, I think Ryan Reynolds helped contribute to the script writing of, I, of, I agree. of yeah. the scenes. Yeah. Um, but I think that... That uh, they, I, I think that I think the movie had a lot of potential, mm. wasted a lot of potential. Mm. I think the CGI, uh, Patrick Ooh. Stewart at the end was yeah, a little it was nasty. pretty bad. The um, CGI in the whole movie was pretty bad. Yeah, the explosion when he's walking away from the explosion <laughs> in the cabin, I thought that was ridiculous. Uh, can uh, I just say, as someone who's a fan of Agent Zero uh, uh, in the comics, Agent Zero is like one of the coolest, and they just uh, it was uh, cool for like two minutes. Yeah, but then they just killed him off, and they were like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, Honestly, yeah. you know, this movie's not memorable enough for me to like completely hate it. Yeah. So I'm not gonna, you know, shit on it for too long. But yeah, I definitely think that uh, I think this is probably the worst X Men movie. Yeah, ever. but what it gave us RB three is this idea of Wolverine as a character by himself, and it gave us Logan. I want I, let's just jump right yeah. into Logan because yeah. this I think is the, kind of I think the Wolverine was more of a was more of a test to see if Logan will work. Though that's I think. true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> I, I, I call it. I call it. I call the Wolverine. Wolverine goes to Japan. Uh, that's what I that's dealt all, the movie. That's like, Wolverine goes to Japan. <laughs> I think um, it's great. I think it's one of the better one of the better superhero movies. I I think it's okay. Really? I think there's some good things in it, and I like some things, but I just feel like some of it just doesn't work for me. Some of the adamantium stuff at the ending and all that, and yeah. the evil scientist. Yeah, I mean and, that was that was a little ridiculous, but I do yeah. think that I think that for me the ending, not the ending, um, the, the 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 beginning and the yeah. middle. Particularly the middle action sequence when it's like him on the train and going through the hotel and all those all those like great fight scenes. I think those are great fight scenes. Um, otherwise, uh, I I didn't really you know I kind of tuned out I guess by the end of it. But I also think that it's kind of cool seeing a superhero samurai movie. It's not really a genre you you explore a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think samurai. yeah. So I I appreciate it on that level. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, no, Logan. But Logan, though, yeah. Is Logan, Logan your favorite X-Men movie? Can we spoil it? Yeah, I'll say Logan. Okay. Logan's my top. It's probably my number two superhero movie of all time. Oh, I was going to say your number two X-Men movie. No, no, okay. no, no. Okay, no, number no. one? Uh, yeah. Tell Logan. me why. Yeah. Um, it's just a great film. I think It's, this... it's a de- deconstruction more than any other any other thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we talk, we've been talking a lot on this podcast recently about meta, meta-modernism, mm. how, you know, uh, the, the genre, how... This today's genre movies are referencing other movies or other mediums in and of themselves, um, and I think this movie in particular uh, is like a prime case of meta meta modernism, kind of taken to the next level, mm. even but adopted on a serious level, mm. uh, because you know it, even to some extent it references it does to some extent it references X Men comic books in this movie. It's like the X Men comic books That's and. Funny. It's like no, these these are these are work these are what like works of fiction like this yeah. not really happened, and I think I think I think having I think having that level of self awareness and kind of the idea of abandoning what the franchise was and kind of having its new own thing to it, I think that's very and I think even ignores the whole idea of Charles Xavier dying and in, in, in X Men the Last Stand yeah. it ignores a lot of things so I think that you know it, it it's really a prime case of how you can make a movie. That is to some extent self self referential and to some extent uh, uh, existential and mm. has 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 a has a bigger theme in and of itself outside of being an X Men comic book superhero movie. It has deeper um, themes of life and death and mm. you know what does what does a quote unquote um, you know immortal being how does it feel like for him to start yeah. dying? How does it f- feel for him to start being sick? And I think that's. It's a, it's, it's, it's a good movie. It's the curse of immortality, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I do a lot of vampire stuff. Um, <laughs> you do a lot of vampire I stuff? I do a lot of vampire stuff, you, you RB3. Go, you got a night and, and bite people yeah. in the Yeah, taking it back to my man. to my room in darkness. Uh, <laughs> suck their blood. Um, and then change them. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm really into the vamp- vampire movies and vampire fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's... A, one of the biggest themes of vampirism is immortality and kind of how like it's an actual curse, right? It's not a gift. It's a curse of immortality. And you're right. That's a big element in the movie is like life and death. And what does it mean to be immortal? And what does it mean to see everyone else die and you're still alive? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that's something that Logan deals with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a lot of it. One of the, the this other main character in the movie is is Charles Xavier. And it's the yeah. idea of like everything that he thought was good that he did. And he kind of feels the weight of it on his shoulders. and. Now yeah. that he's passing away, you know what? What is his legacy? Yeah, even well, though like he kind of failed well, in a way. I, I so think, what I is think his the legacy? movie the movie implies that he doesn't just fail. I think the movie implies that, that he, he kills everybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, sure. I definitely think that you know, I think I think that what what I think that what this movie ultimately um, represents um, in the in terms of the greater X Men franchise, I think it really comes down to how you can make a movie that. Um, that kind of takes the elements that worked from previous films, and uh, sort and sort of just focus on hone in on those and focus on those, and you know forget this whole thing about canon, forget this whole thing about you know um, what they call that you know uh, continuity. Mm. Um, you don't even you don't even need to you don't even need to focus on that. I think with this movie, it just focused on having its own separate individual story. I think that really gave um, actors like Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman. Um, the opportunities to really uh, Give dive deep into their performances and not have any kind of baggage of, you know, this is what I did in the last movie. This is what has to, this is the story we have to tell. No, it's, it's actually 
This is a good film. Yeah, man. It's 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 a lot about legacy. I mean, if you legacy, think about like Patrick yeah. uh, Charles Xavier is, is Logan's dad, mm-hmm. and now Logan has to be a dad to like a new girl who's like exactly like him, because mm-hmm. that's kind of what he's figuring out too. Is right. this idea of fatherhood? Right. Um, that's a big story element within the movie. But this movie's dark. RB three. It's so dark. Yeah. I just remembered the moment where. You know, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, where Charles gets killed and he gets killed by the clone uh, Wolverine. And the only thing that Wolverine wants to do is is be like, no, I didn't do it. Like, please, like, let your dying breath know that it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that's the idea. It's like, oh, you know, did he think it was me that killed him? I don't want him to th- go to death with that thought in his head. Right. Um, that's so dark. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah, but this movie, again, it gave me... Besides Magneto, because Magneto doesn't count to me, he's just on a different level. Mm. He's one of my favorite Marvel characters in general. I don't even sometimes see him as a villain, but besides Magneto, Boyd Holbrook's Donald uh, Pierce is just so good in this movie. And his acting is incredible, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's this idea of him trying to perfect himself to be a mutant by using cybernetics and using, you know, his arm is, is he's trying to keep up with with, uh, mutant evolution Mm -hmm. um, by trying to improve himself and and using his abilities and his powers and his team to persecute, you know, right. any other mutants that he finds. Right. So, I, I this movie's great. I really do. I didn't think it was. I didn't put it as like my number one movie of the year and other stuff that other people did in, in their list that year. I remember mm. when we would talk about it because mm. um, a lot of people were like, "It's the best best one. It's my favorite. It's my best movie of the year," and all that stuff. I there's some things that I was like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to say it's, you know, not right. a great movie because it is. And it's one of the best X-Men movies for sure. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about my favorite X-Men movie. Mm. Uh, first Class. First Class. This movie is, as I said, my favorite. Mm. And I absolutely love it, man. I mean, the idea of this, when people, if people look back, I believe it's 2011, right? Or uh, it could be 2013 or 2011. Yeah, 2011. Yeah. 2011. When they announced this idea, it kind of seemed far-fetched to, to think that we're going to get a young Professor X, a young Magneto. A lot of people roll their eyes, RB3, because they were like, oh, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the idea that it's set in the 60s, it's an origin movie. I don't know if a lot of people thought it was going to work. And I remember this was the same summer that Green Lantern was coming out. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's a Green Lantern fan, I was like, bro, I'm hyped for Green Lantern. And X-Men First Class, I'll see that later. Whatever, I'll see that when I when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I clearly remember my friend who worked at the movie theater, shout out to Becca, um, who, who you know, we're still friends and, and we still hang out. One of the f- few people that I still hang out with from high school um, <coughs> told me, she's like, Green Lantern, mm, no, no, not really, it's not yeah. great. Go see uh, X-Men First Class. It's, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And I saw it and it just blew my, it blew my mind, RB3. And mm-hmm. I know that's high praise for a movie that, uh, you know, people say it's pretty good but not great. I think it's great. And it blew my freaking mind, RB3. The, yeah. the idea of taking the first scene of uh, the first X-Men movie and doing really it. recontextualizing and yes, it. Yeah. That's so cool. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, now we get to see what happens right after. Right after, yeah. Like, what happens to someone like that who went through that? <coughs> what happens to someone who realizes that the the evil that he sees in the Nazis, he can now, oh, I have full reign. Look at how powerful I am. I can actually do something about it, and I'm mm-hmm. going to do something about it. And I'm going to take it out on every Nazi that I see. And I love that idea of, like, someone who was part of these internment camps and, and, and lost everyone in his entire family due to this evil discrimination of the Nazis, like the pure evil of mankind. Mm-hmm. It can now 
take up arms literally by himself and mm-hmm. take down, mow down entire armies and entire people that that stand against him. And I just love that idea of of being empowered literally mm-hmm. to to fight back and to get revenge because the whole movie is a revenge tale. Yeah, um, I I love this movie, man. It really pushed Michael Fassbender to me to be one of the greatest interpretations of a superhero as far as an actor goes. Yeah, no, I think this movie is top notch, and I think even more so uh, than I would say, I would say even more so than, than um, you know James McAvoy's Professor X. I yeah, think. which I, I love. Too. He's also great too, but I think Michael Fassbender, and at least in this movie, he got to show a lot more range. Mm. Um, he got to show a lot more of the the highs and the lows and the kind of the in betweens that come. Uh, and I mean, he has one of the, one of the coolest scenes I think ever when he's sitting in the bar, and, and he's just like spinning the coin or whatever, and then. Um, and then I forgot what they. I mean, the whole conversation was in German, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But that's weird. That's also weird too. An entire sub, an entire subtitle scene, in a superhero movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that's pretty dope. But I think that uh, you know, but that that whole scene went to show how how powerful he was and mm-hmm. how much he how much how how destructive he was. Yeah, you know? I can I can retell that whole. Scene. It's the tailor and and farmer. Yeah. What he yeah, says. Yeah. Oh, a tailor and farmer. It's like who are your your parents? And my parents didn't have names. My parents were numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were killed by tailors and farmers. And he like hits their beer. Oh yeah. And I'm yeah, just like yeah. oh damn. And when he stabs the guy. Yeah yeah. Throws a knife and gets and it back. Throws it back. Yeah <laughs> yeah. It's so good. And then he gets the gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Let's just say I'm Frank. Frankenstein's monster, mm-hmm. and I'm looking for my maker. It's a very Tarantino scene. It's a very Inglorious Bastards. It is, uh, type and he's scene. literally in that scene in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, with, and, this, the, and, the, and the bar. Yes, the, same yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's also speaking German. Yeah, um, but, but not not good in Inglorious Bastards because that's what gets good him enough. What gets him is the is a number thing. Oh, in German, yeah. they don't do yeah, that. Yeah, they don't do that. His yeah. German was good enough to to hold his own, but not that good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that scene. I love the idea of Magneto and the idea. Of, of of what is I forget rage and tranquility is what what Professor X says this mm, idea of mm-hmm. this in between yeah, right, between right. peacefulness right. and rage and 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 so he could achieve maximum power and achieve maximum power and that's when he turns the satellite dish mm-hmm. and he realizes I love the line that that Charles Xavier has in this movie too when he says like you don't get it like you can be more powerful than anyone even me and it's like what and that's mm-hmm. the idea of like Magneto. His, he's basically, he's an omega level, essentially, where it means, like, he can keep tapping in and he keep growing his power to a point where it's, like, almost unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love the character. And I think Michael Fassbender is just one of the phenomenal. For me, it's up there with Downey Jr. and Iron Man. Like, that's how good I think mm. he is in the role. Yeah. And as iconic as he is in the role. Yeah. But do you think subsequent movies kind of... Break that down for you? No, I I I really love Days of Future Past, yeah. and I feel like he's great in that movie too. Yeah. And I, I feel like he holds his own in that movie. I think James McAvoy improves in in certain I think, movies. I think Days of Future Past is a, a better James McAvoy movie. Yeah, I agree. His, and then he shares the whole scene with Patrick Stewart, uh, you know, as they're doing the mind yeah mind travel thing. Yeah, uh, you just want to talk about Days of Future Past right Let's now? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I I really enjoy Days of Future Past as well. I think uh, that was that was. One of my favorite X Men. It's a lot of people's favorites. I yeah. like I like time travel. I just always like time I travel. Love so, time travel. Yeah, time travel is always fun. Um, I think the I think the merging of the two casts was really great. Um, I personally always preferred the future scenes over the the past scenes whenever they're in the past. Um, but I think the the I like seeing Halle Berry back as Storm. I like seeing 
They even introduced new characters. Halle Berry. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't show it. You know? I know, but I just think it's cool. Good yeah. for her. Yeah. Um, 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 who's Black Widow? Um, Black Widow's not who's, No, movie. but who's, who's the Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. She was pregnant during Age of Ultron, too, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that... Uh, I think the movie. I think the movie benefited a lot from having a successful reboot and and first class. Yeah. Um, but I do think that while I think the the, I think Days of Future Past had a lot more style when it came to like the '60s kind of era that it was mm-hmm. kind of interpreting. I do wish that Days of Future Past would have had a little more of that kind of flashy style that Matthew Vaughn kind of offered to the original mm-hmm. um, first class film. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, I guess that goes more to the credit of Matthew Vaughn. Then to the detriment of Days of Future Past, um, but I, you know, Matthew Vaughn was originally supposed to direct this movie. Um, he fell out, and then you know, of course, they got the original director, uh, director from the original trilogy, in to to do this one. Yeah, so. and um, also, I, before, uh, I forgot to say about uh, uh, First Class. First Class, you know, we talked about how great Magneto was. It was originally written as X Men Origins Magneto. That's right. Then they transformed it into First Class. Yeah. So now this one's kind of the hybrid of the old and the new. Mm. Kind of slaps it together. It's yeah. Thing. Uh, it's yeah. It's it's really well done, and it's it's difficult to tackle it because if you really think about it, everyone freaking dies in this movie. Yeah, pretty <laughs> and, much. And, yeah. And, and at least in the future scenes. Yeah. Um, but the idea of of changing back time and the idea of changing minds, right? Because that's mm-hmm. kind of what it is. It's like you change people's minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and how past mistakes can you know come back and solve mistakes? Right. Um, you know, learning from your mistakes, kind of whole thing, and 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 just I don't know. It's just really cool. There's really cool stuff in this movie. I love Magneto's suit in this movie too. I think it's dope. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But we haven't talked about um, Jennifer Lawrence's mystique. Mm. Both in both these movies. What do you think about her interpretation of this character? Um, that's a good question. It's a fifty. A lot yeah. of people split on it. <laughs> people hate it, or some people love it. I don't think it's anything like remarkable. I mean, I could say that, but I think yeah. they they clearly. I mean, first class. She was kind of an unknown when they're making that's that right. movie, and then she. I think this was before Hunger Games, right? First yeah, class? first class was before Hunger Games, and also before her first Oscar nomination. No. She was nominated for an Oscar the same year that First Class came out Got it. for Winner's Bone. But then she didn't win an Oscar until 2012. So it was like First Class came out. She was kind of a bubbling star. And then uh, she won She won two Oscars. No, she won one Oscar for Silver Linings Playbook. And then she was nominated again for American Hustle the oh, year yeah. after. And then and then Days of Future Past came out. So it kind of like she was already like a, the bona fide top movie star. So they kind of shifted directions from – it being about Charles Xavier and Magneto to it being about that's Mystique. right and it also um, it also introduced the infamous take on her anti-makeup thing that she didn't want to be in makeup that much oh uh, yeah you know about that right <laughs> yeah 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 which yeah. is fair but it's also kind of detrimental to the character okay. itself <laughs> considering Mystique is very very known for staying in her blue form because that's who she is mm-hmm. and, and <laughs> the way they wrote it out in uh, days of, not days of future past apocalypse was just so bad to me, man. Mm-hmm. When they were like, "Why are you still? Why do you look like a human?" And she's like, "Well, because I don't want to, you know, I don't think my blue form is informing my." And I was just like, "No, no, <laughs> no, stop, stop! <laughs> you just don't want to be in a makeup chair." <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I, I mean, apocalypse is such a it's such a mixed bag. RB three. I don't know if that's the best way to describe it for you, but what do you think about apocalypse as a follow up? 
Um, yeah, I, I didn't like this movie. <laughs> Just that simple. I don't know. Um, I I didn't hate it, but I was looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. I thought, um, I you know, of course, you know, we didn't, we didn't even touch on days of we're talking days of future past, but one of the standout things was the uh, Quicksilver introduction. Oh, that's um, right, the Quicksilver scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that <laughs> this movie did the same thing again. And you know how I feel about movies that do the same thing that the sequel does over again. Oh, I just think it's right. super lazy. I think, I it's, think it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I love Let's it. Let's do the same thing, but bigger. No, yeah. I think that's stupid. Um, so I, uh, I didn't like, I didn't like how they did that in this movie. I didn't like. I thought the CGI was okay, but I thought you know they they had a lot of. They had a lot of opportunities they could have they could have yeah, won. It's yeah. it's disappointing because you Oscar see, Isaac was wasted too. Yeah, and you see the you see the the opportunities that they missed with these actors and these mm-hmm. portrayals and these characters that are so iconic within themselves. But now let's kind of get into closing closing thoughts and you know what the X Men franchise has been with Fox and now what the future holds with Mister Kevin Feige as our great leader who's buying everything. <laughs> um, well, they're still going to keep Deadpool around. We know that for a fact. Uh, is that a fact? Yeah, I, they are. They said, They said. I think even Bob Iger said he, they're willing I think to keep he it said on radar. It, but is he going to mean that? No, nah, I think they got to. I mean, okay. that's a cash cow. I Do think. we know any Deadpool movies that are in production right now? No. They were doing an X-Force movie at one point. I know that. We know that. Are uh, they still doing that? Well, that was before the deal went through. But I think that when... I think we'll see. I think we'll still see a Deadpool. I think we'll still see Deadpool in like, if not his own movie, he'll show up in other movies at the very least. I think the pop, the characters too. I mean, literally, the last two movies almost made a billion dollars. Yeah, like, I don't it's think a lot of money. Too. It's not. It's not even like it's, we're talking about Disney here. Like Disney's not going to leave money on the table. They brought back, you know, James Gunn because they they thought that the next one was going to make another billion. You know, yeah. so. Like they're not going to pass up a check. So, and you know, looking at the Deadpool numbers in and of themselves, the first Deadpool movie made three hundred and sixty-three million dollars in the United States alone, and seven hundred eighty million dollars worldwide. Yeah, so that's a lot. That's more than a lot of Disney uh, movies. Marvel movies. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't think they. I don't think you know. I don't think Disney's willing to have a moral stand in favor of money. So, what do you think? What do you think, Kevin? Are you first of all? Are you happy that? Kevin Feige and and Disney bought out Fox to see a different version of the X-Men. I'm not happy about the merger, no. I'm not happy about the merger at all. Um, But I will say that I hope that if Kevin Feige or, you know, Disney or whoever is in charge of this franchise, they just got to... They just... just, I I feel like they... I don't even know if there's really even a point in doing it again anymore. I feel like we already... It's not like Fantastic Four where we had... You know, a reboot, then another reboot, and now they're going to reboot it again. Of course, I think I think X Men is that's literally been in the in the mainstream consciousness for a long, long time. And I think it would just be weird to just reboot it all of a sudden, you know. Or even I think you just said Disney doesn't leave money on the table. Yeah, I know, but have the X Men movies made money? <laughs> I mean, yes. This, I mean, they've made a lot of money. Dark Phoenix, I mean, Dark Phoenix Dark isn't Phoenix making is money. Not a good example. Um, if I, I don't if, think New Mutants is going to make money. If I'm, if I'm Disney and I'm saying, hey, get ready for MCU, X Men, bro, people are going to pay. That's a, that's, peop, that's going to be huge. Mm. That's going to be enormous. Right. That's like the if that's the new staple of the MCU, X Men. Right. People know X Men. People love X Men. So if they say new X Men. I mean that your thoughts are exactly what I thought about Spider Man. Mm. Look how many times they've done that. Yeah, they keep doing it over and over again. Yeah, and guess what? People still go and see it. So yeah, I don't know. I I just think it's it's difficult 
there's good and bad in both sides, right? Because part of it, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm curious to see what he does with the characters. And then part of it is like, are we going to make everything MCU movies? Yeah. <laughs> is every superhero movie going to be an MCU movie yeah, now? I think literally that's going to be the only superhero movie. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of issues to it, but I, let's let's close on let's close on uh, on our overall take on the X Men franchise, and let's just rank. What's your top three? Top three, definitely number one, Logan. Number two, Days of Future Past. Number three, probably X Two. So, or no, no, no. I'm sorry. Number 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 two, I'd probably put first. Or sorry, number three, I put first class. Number three, I put first class. So number okay. one, Logan. Two Days of Future Past. Three first class. We have the same top three, except in different order. Okay. My first is first class. Okay. My second is X Two, and my third is Logan. Oh, uh, X Two. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I love didn't have, X2 I didn't have X2. so much. I had Days of Future Past. I didn't have X Two. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah. X Two, and then Logan as yeah. my third. Mm-hmm. Um. I still think that fight between uh, Wolverine and Lady Deathstrike yeah. in in X Two. Have you rewatched that? I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it Ooh, recently. No. That holds up. Really, it holds up. It's <laughs> so cool. It's yeah. so freaking cool. But either way, guys, let us know what is your favorite X Men movie. What is your top three? Uh, let us know in the comments down below if you're listening on First Cut. If you're listening over on the Collider Factory feed for our last and final time, be sure and go check us out on other feeds because we're going to be now officially with Anchor and we're going to be uh, doing our own feed for the Mean Enough podcast. Yeah, so subscribe to our Spotify feed, our Apple podcast feed, our Google podcast feed, our Stitcher feed, and our, you know every every everywhere you get podcasts, we're available on all of those, of course, Anchor as well. And um, yeah, please check us out. And please, if you have, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcast, be sure to leave us a five star review, a comment. You know that will really help us out, help the show grow, and we want to keep it going. So there you go, guys. For the Minute Podcast, I'm Ace. This is RB3, and we're peacing out. Peace out, guys.